0: paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation good morning it is monday march 14th and this is the college football daily i am your host Carl Reed. And I'm here with my guest today, Trevor Trout. Trevor is a football analyst at Wave TV, as well as a former top-tier football recruit, college recruit out of St. Louis, Missouri, that played his collegiate football at USC. Trevor, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, man. It's Sunday, man. I'm blessed up, you know, bro. Just out here doing it, man. You know how I go. So let me let me get right into this. You, you, you being
0: a USC Trojan, right? You being a, a guy that played mm-hmm. for the Trojans. When you talk about the Pete Carroll era and the national championships that were won during that era, and then we've had a lot of mediocre football between then and now, is Lincoln Riley the right guy to bring USC back to that level of prominence?
1: He 100% is the right guy because, number one, and as you know, because you went through the process with him, he understands kids and knows what they want to do, and that's going to be pros. And USC has never had a problem with getting guys who are pros on that campus. Now they say they got to go and produce. And what I've seen and the things I'm told in terms of how they run their recruiting department now, the guys are bringing in, how we bring in, you know, certain like position groups. Like you don't just have a defensive line coach defensive linebacker. But you're having a the LB's coach. You're an inside linebacker coach, outside linebacker coach. And I can say from the time I was there, you know, it used to be at times like it seems like everyone was in the same room. You know, and now I think from what I'm seeing is they have guys that they're bringing in to do specific things to work on specific skills. You know what I mean? And I think we're dealing with the level of talent that I know that we've had and then we bring in, I think it's great for them and it helps those guys a lot. Because, and I'm just going to tell you, like, you will see, like, we bring in really good players. And uh, as a person who was there, I can say even when, like, you know, our offensive line struggle, our defense line struggle, when I was dudes still went on to play in the National Football League because they are really, really talented.
0: So what's the excitement level like? I mean, so... You get Caleb Williams, obviously, coming in from Oklahoma. And is it is it that big of a deal from a standpoint? You see the Beats by Dre deal. You see some mm-hmm. of the NIL deals that Caleb is giving. Does mm-hmm. UFC have that kind of advantage being in L.A., being in a pro town when it comes to the NIL level with the top recruits in the country?
1: We 100% do. Like, I'll use an example with Caleb, and like just like outside of, you know, is the NIL deals. Number one, the people on the team, they like him a lot. He brings a lot of great energy from what I'm told, big campus guy, you know what I mean? And the great part about USC is what I tell people, they will tell you this all the time, especially when you're a coach and you're a player, you know, you're treated as if you are one of the community, you know, like there's never going to be a time where Caleb walks to class and he has to have security walk with him, you know what I mean? And that takes a lot of pressure off kids when they can just go out there and perform on Saturday. So I think, you know, going into this and knowing what NIL can potentially be, this is going to be a hotbed easily for football talent because the thing is they know that those guys are going to know how to shine under those bright lights. And at the same time, they know that they're going to be getting very well coached and they're going to be teaching them NFL things because, as you know, like OU, they ran an NFL-style defense where guys can showcase their games linebackers, edges and whatnot. Does, so now recruit
0: you just were, you were class, I believe, 2018. So Correct. from, from there to now, and you're talking about guys that are making college decisions. Should those decisions be based around NIL or should guys be looking at the educational piece or the best fit for the NFL? Like what should be the mindset now of a recruit going into this process with NIL with transfer portal with with everything that a college athlete is going through now, what what should be the mindset going in?
1: I think the mindset should be you know a lot of people they are skeptical of NIL because obvious obvious recruiting advantages, but like you and I can both be honest where things around this in the country have been happening for years now, so now people they want to start getting loud about it because they know potentially they can lose kids like. You you can use one example right now, like you know, like University of Kentucky football, like they're about to put put a lot of money. Right? Uh, you know, you're hearing whispers of Tennessee right now with that one quarterback with the Nico kid. So it comes down to end it, of the day, bro. And like I said, we talk about this all the time in college, bro. You got to have players. Like nobody, like obviously, like you have your elite tier number of coaches. Not just head coaches, position coaches, and whatnot. But like, bro, like. Everyone's not that much better in that profession than everybody else is. You are only as good as the players you have on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, I heard one dude one time, like, like you can't win a game. Like, Adore Jackson's going to make you look like a great coach, bro. Like, if you got pros, you have talent, you're going to look like a great coach. You have to have the kids, man, no matter who you are. No matter, you could be the best offensive mind in the country, the best defensive mind in the country to compete at the level. I know, and you know, the USC wants to compete at, you have to have talent. And the thing is, I know in a school like that, I know they're going to keep getting kids and keep getting weak talent because when, even when I was there when we weren't winning the games so and people thought we should win, I knew I was still going against the NFL players. And the thing is, though, when kids are being recruited, they can go to those practices and go there and be like, regardless of what's going on, bro, there's something in the water here where for some reason Elijah Tucker and Austin Jackson the first round tackles. First round guards. You know, like I played with a Michael Pittman and the Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, Kerry Clover, when he was here, he's a Florida now, was very easy. You know, like quarterbacks, they come here and like they get their game off. Like, we have a pipeline. People know, like, hey, you can go get a quarterback. Like, you're going to get a chance at USC to showcase what you do well. And especially when you're playing in the Pac 12, if you're a tackle, bro, you got to look at it this way. I'm going to get to go pass block at least 60, 70 times a game. That's good for me. You know, if I'm a receiver, I'm going to catch the ball a lot when link around. When I'm a quarterback, I'm going to get a lot of high percentage throws and easy throws, like, you know, like, just great offense. You know what I'm saying? If I'm a linebacker at USC, right? I get a chance to show if I can play in space here. You know what I'm saying? If I'm an edge, and I'm a 3-4 guy, like, I'll use one example, like, like, like Nick Benito, like, And the defense, like, this speed defense that they're going to be having here, I know, like, if Drake Jackson played in that, he would have demolished folks. And the thing is, like, kids get to see that, they get to see the numbers and get to see the production. And as you know, like, with how Lincoln runs his programs, like, he he, he looks at the numbers, too. Like, when he wants to go in there and go to the rooms, he's like, look, bro, I'm top 10 in the offense of the country. I'm top 15. Here on third, down. this and that in the third. Because, number one, it makes him look like a better coach and it makes the players look like they're better players. It's a perfect situation.
0: If you are right now coming out of high school, do you need an agent? Do you need to sign with one of the top tier agents? Can you have your family handle your NIL? What would be the best way to represent yourself in terms of NIL opportunities?
1: I think personally every kid is different. At the same time, though, I don't have necessarily an opinion on whether it's right or wrong. Like if if an agency wants to come inside of me, they do a really good job and they'll say, Hey, we have a deal for you that puts money in your pocket, like an extra 40, 50 G's or whatever. I think it's great. I have no issue with it. I don't have issue with it because they'll say the, the, the distractions, but there's always been distractions in sports. At the end of the day, like number one, that kid's going to have to still sign somewhere when he turns a pro. So you have to look at it this way on the agency side. With the nil where it's going to go you have to ask yourself okay this kid signed with the agent or he signs with the agent yes he can be signed with them at the end of the day for marketing they got to go get the deal done again <laughs> they got go to go get the deal done again so like you bring a kid in though i think it's great because look i look at it in this way too carl let's say you have an elite kid right and let's say he goes to a certain agency and then that coach that he's getting recruited by is also rep by that agency. Who's going to say it's unfair if that kid comes to that school? There's no rule against it right now. Right. So my coach is rep by A1, and then A1 signs me out of high school, and then they get wrecked me to USC. It is what it is, bro. <laughs> like, there's no big deal in this.
0: And it's crazy because that's probably one of the one angles that I hadn't even thought about until you just said it in terms of the the agencies that are rep by the college, the college coaches rather that are rep by the agencies. That's that's a part of the game that I hadn't even considered.
1: I don't think they've considered it either. So the people who listen to go ahead like (laughs) me. but man, like, you know, it's a perfect situation I think for recruiting but at the end of the day, bro. Like, look, regardless whether I'm an all-American, not all American, someone's gonna give me a hundred K out of high school. And all I got to do is be signed these, give me a deal, and I haven't played yet. You're going to not take this money? Wow. Yeah. So
0: we were talking yesterday about the University of Miami, and yeah. everybody's excited. Cristobal is there now, and he's hired a great staff. And a, a friend of ours made a comment that on my post that he thinks Miami might still have some trouble because they're with Adidas, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is, this, is, is this something that um, we, we see it in basketball all the time? Yes. But on the mm-hmm. football side, does it really make a difference to kids, whether school is with Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour, in the recruiting process?
1: Right now, I'm not sure if it does, because obviously we have NIL, but I know when I was coming up, it for sure did. But Adidas was kind of cool when I was coming up in high school. Right. So, I mean, like, obviously, I'll say it is true. You know what? Because UCLA was wearing underarm and, you know, they have a historic basketball program. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's just like, bro, just flat out. And they'll even say it because I know people close to the UCLA stuff. It's just like, bro, they were like, God, we just, we got to get out of this deal because it's going to be hard to get kids in your campus wearing them shoes, bro. (laughs) Like, flat out.
0: What what is it? What's hard about it though? Like what makes it like you know you guys say I'm 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 old school in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. what difference does the shoe make? Like if I find the coach that I want, the school that I want, the system yep. that I want, why does the shoes play such a big factor in the decision?
1: I'll say this right now, and like I can't necessarily sweep for myself, but like I'll use like an easy example, like. There's kids who back in the day they saw Jersey Oregon and they committed because the gear was fire. Like when you look at national, I mean, you look at the college football playoff every year. What do you see? That shiny, shiny silver Nike logo across the jerseys with the CFP patch. And it's just, it's just, it's just better, bro. Just the brand is just better and it's bigger. Like man, there was times, bro. I talked to people over there at UCLA, bro, and they would just, you know, either tape over their shoes or cover the logo or whatever, because they didn't want to wear them underarm shoes because their feet were hurting so bad, bro. Like, these kids have worn this stuff before. And you were talking about why people were saying that, like, because Miami's with Adidas, they struggle. On one side of the fence, that's true. On the other side of the fence, I look at it this way I'm using an example. When I was in high school, the Adidas 7 on 7 circuit was very, very big. You know that. Yeah. And where it becomes easy now where I think there was leverage play, which I said, it's on, in Adidas's hands now to do what they do with 707, bro. But they're repping so many teams across the country. Where if I'm in Adidas' college, bro, it's easy for me to go and set up this unofficial visit and get these boys on campus out of Miami. They're going to check out Louisville. Bro. And that's a relationship you got right there down there at the grassroots level of football. And I think, you know, if Adidas can find a way to leverage that in the state of Florida, I think they can win a lot of games.
0: Yeah, because the state of Florida does have some of the top Adidas seven on seven teams in the country down there. They got a lot of top tier talent, you know, in the recruiting in the recruiting area. From a from a standpoint of let's talk SEC versus the country. Okay. We, I believe that the SEC is the only conference top to bottom where every school is committed to winning football. And, we, and you, you're mm-hmm. a guy that played in the Pac-12 and some mm-hmm. of our other friends played in the, the Big 12 and other leagues. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always pushing back saying, you know, it's just a couple of teams in the SEC that dominate. Is any mm-hmm. other conference, in your opinion, even close to the SEC? And do you think that I'm off base when I say that the SEC is the premier conference in the country, and nobody else comes close, with the exception of a program or two mm-hmm. in each conference.
1: See, the SEC did and its accounting kind of affairs it like, but they've they've monopolized college football. Like I truly believe that, and when you have schools like Texas, you know, you leave their conference to go there, because bro, the TV money is too good. The TV money is too good. <laughs> like this is this is what it is, bro. Like. Teams rather go to the SEC and not win than just be a winner in these other conferences. And that's just, it's a different level. You know, like there are people trying to say, oh, he said he don't want to coach this. I'm like, bro, it's just, it's like this, dog, you can go build something else somewhere else at a major program. Like I'll use an example right here. Like, you know, your friend Dan Lamb, he's a beast in the And then you got a guy like Lincoln Riley. Who's, going, who's a beast in recruiting, right? Type of, those type of dudes are at potential schools that are set up to where they can be successful despite that. You know what I mean? The other schools around the country, for the most part, aren't usually set up that way where they can be able to have the type of success. Like when you have an international brand like a USC, or you have a school that's backed by Phil Knight, like Oregon, the rules are different. They, they don't have to join the SEC. Regardless of, they're going to be on TV every week, just like the SEC is. We will hear more from Trevor Trout right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: So, from that thought process, is any conference even remotely situated to compete with the SEC across the board?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. Personally, right now, I don't think so. I don't think so at the moment. Because here's the thing, bro. Like, it's not just about, you know, on and off the field, bro. It's just, dog, the TV deals in the SEC are just way too great. Like you gotta look at it, bro. Like Fox didn't renew their their, their Big Twelve TV deals. you had the Pac 12 and they started the Pac 12 network and they tried to look put their games from that network and they were trying to sell every single major sport or whatever that they had and didn't end up working. And on top of that, they're splitting dividends with Fox and ESPN production value wasn't the same. The TV slots weren't the same. This world is it just it's written out too perfectly. the sec like i will never talk about quality of kids i'll tell you right now bro like the pac-12 has pros, man like really good players bro and the thing is though the problem is like nobody gets to see those dudes like because they're playing so late (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like we have a new commissioner now i'm hoping like can come in and fix that but it's like it's not necessarily a core quality of football bro Utah is a very, very great program, bro. USC is USC. Like UCLA earlier, like they won a lot of games, bro. Like not too long ago, bro, you could argue that the Pac-12 was one of the better conferences but not even a, like a top two conference in the country. And Chip Kelly was doing what Chip Kelly was doing. And then you had guys like Lane Kiffin at USC. You know what I'm saying? So to act like, you know, that none of these conferences has never been competitive, that's the thing I have an issue with. That's the thing I have an issue with. But what changes now, though, bro, obviously, is regions. Like I'm not, I'm not diminishing the SEC at all, but the SEC has figured out how to monopolize collegiate sports, bro. And somebody, another conference, is going to come in and really just step up to the plate, flat out. Because the Big Twelve right now, bro, my coaches. Even like in basketball, or football, like they're seeing the walls closing in, and they're feeling like you know what, we could very well be like a mid-major conference in the next five, six years. Right. We we losing teams like Texas and all you. That's why you seeing rumors of Scott Drew talking about going to FCC or uh, you know like guys like Bill Self taking the LSU job. And this is the reason. This is why. Let's stay
0: in the Pac-12 for a second. Jaden okay. Daniels, quarterback at Arizona State, is a guy who started yeah. the front end of his career um, and, mm-hmm. and, and going into this season with a lot of NFL hype, kind of regressed mm-hmm. a little bit, goes in the mm-hmm. portal and goes to LSU. Is that a good move for Jaden Daniels? Um, is it a bad move?
1: I think it could be a good move for Jaden Daniels if he goes to the Wings. And you know that, Carl, like winning sauce off. <laughs> yeah. You win at LSU, bro, you can get your money. But uh, And the one thing I know about about Brian Kelly, though, is like Brian Kelly, he's the pro style type of dude. He's going to give him rips on the center. He's going to really show him how to take the easy. Like Jay Daniels, he does a lot of deep shot kids. He's a deep shot kid. But, bro, that deep ball he got is actually you. And I know that, you know, a guy like Brian Kelly can just teach him how to do the small stuff. And the thing is why I know that is because I've seen what he's done with transfer quarterbacks. He did it last year Jack Cole. Mm-hmm. that came out of it. He was at Wisconsin. Right. What? <laughs> the
0: situation at Arizona State right now, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of smoke around there. Are we surprised Herm has held on?
1: Man, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Yes and no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the thing is, bro, like, people care when you're winning. Mm-hmm. You're winning and cheating. That's what everybody's upset. When you're losing and cheating, nobody really is that much upset because there's a lot of people doing that around the country. You know, like I'll never try to be like, oh, like they should let this guy go, or they should like, bro, like people got caught. It happens. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people around the country who win and got caught, and they still have their jobs too. So, like acting like Arizona State to just go ahead and just, like, give up on this dude, bro, like a legendary NFL coach, number one, it's not a good look because he brought in NFL guys to the program. And on top of that, you got to ask yourself, okay, cool. So who else will we give this job to? Because nobody was putting effort into recruiting like like that until he came. They were getting guys there. Did they win? No. It is what it is. The last thing I want to ask you before we get out of
0: here how long does it take USC and Oregon to be able to compete for national championships under Lincoln Riley and Dan Lanning?
1: I think I think three to five years. And the reason why I say three to five years is because, bro, the national media and how this stuff goes, they're gonna have to get accustomed to the USC like, they're gonna have to like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you understand, like you're going to have to schedule certain games and stuff, like, ahead of time. Like, you can't schedule the big boys, you know what I'm saying, like, every year. Like, this, you, you progress this stuff. And then once we get the resume going and they keep winning those games, consistently winning those games every year, 10 wins, 11 wins. Well, this is a perennial now. Okay, these are top 10 programs in the country. We need to take them seriously. Because before, bro, they can completely diminish what the resumes were because, oh, they played in the packs 12 and not the third. Whoever dominates the Pac-12 first and then they start scheduling out of conference games and beating those teams that everybody likes, that's when they're going to have no choice. They're at the point where it's going to be like, okay, this is USC in Oregon. These are national brands that people are seeing. We just can't keep on disrespecting these teams because they play in this other Cup. Right. Right.
0: Guys, that's it today with the College Football Daily. I want to thank Trevor Trout for joining me on today's episode. He has great insight on the USC Trojans, the Pac-12, and all other areas of college football. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and a review on the Apple Podcast as well. For Trevor Trout, I am Carl Reed. Thanks for listening to another episode of the College Football Daily.